Well, and I've heard the experiences, they take you to the lounge and someone greets you and they're like, here's here's everything you have planned for your cruise. Anything well, first they need. give you a cocktail. That's an important fact. That alone might be worth the price of admission. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. Before we dive into tonight's episode, I just wanted to provide a quick bit of context, which is that we recorded this episode a few months back with Sarah. And so you might hear us talking about particular stateroom categories like a 9A or a 9B or an 8A. In the interim, Disney has announced that with the arrival of the Wish, they are realigning some of their stateroom categories. And so that could impact how staterooms get categorized aboard the ship's fleet wide. And so don't key in too much to the 8A, 9B kind of discussion. That will be changing, it sounds like, going forward. But we still want to put out this episode because there are just some great tips about the different kinds of staterooms aboard Disney Cruise Lines. So with that, please enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And today we're excited to welcome one of our listeners on the show to talk about stateroom categories on Disney Cruise Line. But let me start by welcoming Sarah to the show. Welcome, Sarah. Yeah, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, we're really excited. So this episode is going to be the first part in a two-part series of episodes on stateroom categories. And in this episode, we're going to explore a lot of the stateroom categories outside of concierge. But Sarah has also sailed concierge herself. And I know from talking to her in advance, spoiler alert, she actually prefers to not sail concierge. And so I would love to hear all about that. And so we're going to talk to Sarah today about her experiences with staterooms. And our next part in the series, we're going to be talking to folks who love to sail concierge and sail it exclusively. And so we're going to provide you the either end of the spectrum here on staterooms and categories and sailing concierge. But before we dive into our show this evening, we always like to start with folks' Disney background. So, Sarah, we really want to hear all about how your family does Disney and, you know, your connection to Disney Cruise Line, what, you, what your experience has been like with Disney Cruise Line. Sure. So I I never realized I was such an oddity before, before I got on Twitter during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> But um, we actually don't do the parks. Oh. My daughter, I know, right? <laughs> um, my my daughter is eight and she has never been to the Disney parks. I went once when I was a kid, but it just hasn't been a thing. But obviously we enjoy Disney as a media company, right? Mm-hmm, we enjoy right. the movies and the characters, all of that. And so for my parents' 50th wedding anniversary, they wanted all of us to go on a, a fun vacation together to celebrate. And Disney seemed good fit for a kid. And we had heard great things about service. And so we went on a Disney cruise and were completely hooked. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a, a common theme, the whole, you know, going once and getting hooked. But a little different background, given that you guys don't go to the parks. Have you all thought about taking? 
taking your little one to the parks and just decided against it? Do you think there's something she wouldn't enjoy about it? Or do you just not like the craziness or of, you know, running around in the, the parks? It's not really a relaxing vacation. It's a really fun vacation, but, you know, it's how you like to vacation. Right. So, so yeah, we have talked about the parks a few times and she has definitely started asking mm. about the parks. We have always felt that they do not seem like a relaxing sort of vacation. You know, there are little ears behind me um, <laughs> <laughs> who are very intently listening to what I have to say. <laughs> but you just never know what might happen in the next few months. So. Fair enough. We had a guest on recently who had sailed Disney Cruise Line a number of times and not been to the parks either, really, with their kids. So, yeah, so totally get it. And Disney Cruise is a relaxing Disney experience. So it's a fun way to do Disney without all of the uh, the hassle sometimes. So Yeah, I mean, I would I would say most most of our listeners and guests are typically fans of both. But I don't think it's totally well. It's a little strange. <laughs> Tell you a little, but it's not, but I understand it. I understand it because I, because yeah. Brian and I both like the cruise more than the parks. We love the parks, but we like cruising on Disney Cruise Line more than just a park visit because of that relaxing part. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, talk to us about your Disney Cruise Line background then. So, you mentioned that you took a sailing to celebrate, it sounds like an anniversary with your folks. And so, how, how many cruises have you been on? Which ships have you been on? Tell us a little bit about your Disney Cruise Line background. Sure. So we've done we've done eight cruises started in 2015. So that means we do, you know, one to two a year. Usually we've been on all the ships twice. Um, those first two cruises were four nights on the dream. And we had gone on a cruise. We had done a carnival cruise once when I was in eighth grade. I don't remember much about it. My parents didn't have fond. I mean, it wasn't bad, but they didn't have like super fond memories of the trip. And, you know, that was more than a couple years ago. (laughs) 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 So, you know, so, so it was, it was a little bit of a, of a risk taking thing to, to go on the Disney cruise for their anniversary, not knowing what to expect. Um, But researching vacations has become my favorite hobby. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so I looked into it, you know, I started reading message boards, all the things like that. And it just seemed to really be like a fun way to do it. I mean, all the restaurants were included, all the the activities for my daughter to do. I mean, it's just, it just seemed like once we were there, we weren't going to have to do a lot of planning and fussing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the lines are shorter for the characters and the, you know, right. yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a really great vacation. Well, we also have a singleton, you know, a single kid. And it's a really great vacation because there's the built-in kids club and activities, like you said, for them to do. And, and that that really helps with entertaining them while you can have some time relaxing too. Yeah, and my daughter, on that first cruise, my daughter was three and not, not fully potty trained. So she was going to need to use the nursery and we reserved some time ahead of time. We ended up not using it, but she has always done really well if we can keep something like a schedule. And so just, you know, the hotel room moved with us when it was time for a nap, it was an elevator right away. So, so that was, that was really nice was we knew we'd be able to keep her on something like a schedule so that we could really enjoy our time because we were setting her up for success. 
No, that's a really good point. I think cruises are are a unique vacation in that way. Not just Disney Cruise Line, but any cruise in that you you've got that ability to really keep your child on a, a normal or a semi-normal nap schedule versus when you're going someplace where you're kind of running around seeing the sights or in the parks, right? It's a usually a big schlep to get back to your room. And so you might get sort of knocked off schedule. Exactly. Well, let's head over to our topic for this evening, which is the stateroom categories on Disney Cruise Line. I, w- I wanted to start things by letting our listeners or reminding our listeners that we've got a, a vlog post out that we did as a part of our DCL 101 series around selecting your Disney stateroom. So there's some information out there in that vlog post that might be helpful uh, in more bite-sized fashion, but we want to kind of dig into this topic a little bit more deliberately tonight. And we also wanted to get some reactions around the different categories of staterooms. But let me tee this up really fast by saying that you know, Disney has obviously different categories of stateroom. At basic, you're talking about inside staterooms, ocean view staterooms, veranda staterooms. Inside staterooms obviously have no window to the outside, although we'll talk about kind of a unique offering that Disney does in those staterooms a little bit. Ocean view rooms have a view to the outside, but no balcony and veranda staterooms have a veranda. Within that, you start to get into these categories of standard deluxe and family inside staterooms are the only ones that have standard associated with them. Everything else is at least deluxe. The difference between a deluxe and a family is really size. So inside staterooms will typically sleep a max of three or four deluxe staterooms typically get you to four people across all categories. Just kind of one exception around a deluxe ocean views that have navigator verandas that only sleep three, at least on some of the ships. Once you hit the family level category, you're talking rooms that sleep at least five. And so you're getting more space or more ability to put people in the room. More beds. More beds, depending on the categories you get. Then the next layer to this whole conversation is concierge, which is Disney's suite level category. Now, within concierge, you're going to have very similar staterooms up to a point. So they're going to have ocean view or veranda staterooms in concierge. No inside, right? There are no inside concierge staterooms of which I'm aware. So within concierge, you're going to have veranda staterooms, no inside, no ocean view. And this is where you get into suites. Now, on the classic ships, they actually had these things that were called like two bedrooms that one bedroom suites, two bedroom suites. And then you get into the Royal Disney, Walt Disney suites on board the ships, which don't add bedrooms or anything like that, but just add a lot of opulence and additional space on the fantasy or the sorry, the dream class ships. You don't have the two bedrooms. You have one bedroom suites. uh, And then you also have the Roy Disney and Walt Disney suites. I will say the two bedroom suites on the classic ships are not what you're going to think of as like two traditional bedrooms. One of them was more of like a bunk style setup. It was really meant for families with kids who were sailing concierge. I think you could put an adult in there, but it it is not going to be a queen size (laughs) bed in that room. But concierge is much more expensive and comes with some benefits that we'll talk about down the line. So within all of that, within concierge and the non-concierge rooms, on the non-concierge side, you get into a lot of subcategories of rooms. So you you get into rooms that have obstructed views, navigator verandas, white wall verandas, which are different than the navigator verandas, rooms with odd layouts, rooms with extra large verandas off the back of the ship typically. And so people who cruise Disney a lot tend to know exactly which stateroom category they want. And you'll hear them say, oh, I love the 8A or the 7B or whatever. Or, whatever or they it is. might say, I like room 9504, right? right. I mean, like there right. are people who right. have specific rooms and actually 9504 is a room, is one of the state rooms that we've stayed we in. Yeah. <laughs> we and like we'll, on the, uh, on the fantasy. Yeah. And we'll get into all of that at some level. And then we're also going to talk this evening about like 
where we like to stay on the ship because you have to also now think about this in three dimensions. How high of a deck do you want to be on? Forward, middle, or aft is also a distinction. That starboard or port starboard if you have a preference. Port, right. And so lots of things to think about as you're choosing your stateroom. Before we just dive in, I wanted to say there's lots of websites out there with lots of good information and photos. I know I think Scott Sanders blog, Disney Cruise Line blog maintains a section where with stateroom reviews that has photos associated with them. I know the Back to the Mouse website or blog does something similar with lots of photos of the stateroom. So if you really want to get into the minutia of what a stateroom is going to look like, people track this stuff, people take photos of it. At one point, people were tracking, I forget what it was, it was some piece of furniture and whether the stateroom had it or not and, I, and uh, because people loved it. I think it was like a storage ottoman that, that, that you can get. But lots of information out there on staterooms. With that said, what we really want to talk about tonight is Sarah's experience, our experience with different kinds of staterooms. We have not sailed concierge. Sarah has. But let's start with Sarah, as you have navigated through choosing staterooms for various cruises, what kinds of rooms have you stayed in? Let's start there. Let's start with where what kinds of rooms have you stayed in? So we have stayed in the veranda staterooms in concierge, the one bedroom in concierge, standard inside, deluxe inside, navigator veranda, regular veranda. And then we have an 8A, we have an 8A booked for March of 2021. And realistically, we are just waiting for March of 22 to come out to, re- to move that. Right. An 8A so. is an ocean view, if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> yes, it is an ocean view with the with the mini suite layout. So there are two types of 8As, and I don't know if you're ready to get into that minutia right now. Well, let's let's start with actually let's start with we let's get there. Let's put a pin that because that's you've sailed in most categories except for ocean view. On our side, we have sta- sailed in. Uh, we have not sailed concierge. We have sailed. We've not sailed in, in inside. We've not sailed concierge. We've not sailed inside. We have sailed on veranda and veranda staterooms. I think both deluxe and, and family. family. Yep. And we have sailed in ocean view. I don't remember the exact category we get. I think it's maybe nine. But we we do the the single large porthole ocean view stateroom is by far our favorite. So yeah, it's on on the larger ships. It's right. It's actually at the front of the ship. There's only a handful of those rooms. So if we can't get it, we're happy with something else. But let's talk. Let's let's break this down a little bit in terms of Sarah, as you've thought about choosing staterooms, what goes into the decision for you first about I need a view out the ship or I don't need a view out of the ship? So inside versus the categories like ocean view and veranda. How How do you think about that? So that has actually been changing a little bit over the years. So when my daughter was young, I can't tell you how helpful it was to be in an inside stateroom where when you closed the door and turned off, it didn't matter. It was two o'clock in the afternoon (laughs) and it was dark. (laughs) And it was dark like night. Mm -hmm. It made, it made nap time super easier. It made it easier if, you know, if we were going to stay out a little late for a deck party or a late show, the sun didn't wake her up. You know, she she would actually (laughs) sleep past 6 a.m. because those insides were nice and dark. Now that she's getting a little older, she has started really requesting staterooms that have that outside view. So like having a veranda or, or something like that. For me, I like having the veranda, especially because she does still go to bed a little bit before I do. And so it's nice to be able to sit out after she's gone to sleep. But we don't spend a ton of time in 
in the room. I mean, it's just, I, again, we haven't done the park. So I'm sure when I say it's a busy vacation, I'm park people laugh at me. (laughs) (laughs) No, we know what you mean though. I mean, we, when, when we're on the ships, we're, we want to go do every activity there is right between origami and towel folding and trivia and, you know, all the different things that, that are available in movies. Even there isn't uh, that much time that you spend in the room on your average cruise. Yeah, exactly. Again, as she gets older, the other thing is she has, she has more bathroom stuff. So, (laughs) so having the, having the split bathrooms is nice. So Sarah, you've raised three really good points in your answers here that I think are worth emphasizing. So one is we've heard from other guests that inside stateroom category is amazing because it is, you know, cave-like. <laughs> They're like, I can go to bed and it's completely dark. I can sleep in, you know, I get the rocking of the ship, but there's no light coming in in the morning. So I can really just get a good night's sleep in those inside staterooms. So I've heard from Especially people- Especially with little ones. I've heard from people that they really like it. I've also heard, though, to the countervailing point, because I don't think, but correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think most of the inside staterooms have the split bath. Is that right? That's on the that's correct. Yeah. And so on the inside staterooms or one of the things that Disney has, I think, kind of been held out as an example of is this split bathroom where you have shower and sink in one and sink and toilet in another. And so you can have multiple people in your family getting ready at once. If you've got, you know, four or five people in the stateroom, you've got kind of that extra space to get ready. And so you you do miss that on the inside category stateroom. But I think the third point in here that's implicit is cost. So an inside stateroom costs less than an ocean view stateroom costs less than a veranda stateroom costs a heck of a lot less than stateroom. And so, you know, there is this argument out there around choose the stateroom that's going to get you back on board more cruises. Cause you can stay in an inside stateroom and potentially go on two cruises, cruises for the price of staying in a veranda stateroom on a Disney cruise. So just cost factor into your decisions uh, at all, Sarah? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think everybody, everybody has a vacation budget, right? I mean, we tend to travel with my parents. And so we usually add the complexity of saying, okay, what's the price look like if we do two rooms versus like a one bedroom suite? We usually at least run that number because the one bedroom suites have two full bathrooms instead of the split, you know, and the and the added space. And so we usually run those numbers and sometimes it can be pretty close. Other times it can be hugely different. So that's a good point that if you're if you're traveling is a bigger party, looking at the cost differential between some of these suite rooms versus like two rooms when you're, you know, like even two inside or two verandas or, you know, something like that. That's a a good comparison to make. You're probably still going to be higher in cost with the suite because you're talking concierge. But yeah, if the price differential is not that big, it, it might be worth it. Yes, absolutely. Well, and and the other the other point that you raise, well, that or that I think people need to keep in mind is just the size of the staterooms. Your your point is a good one, Sarah, which is you're not in there all that often. Right. Um, I think that's been I think that's been and we'll talk about concierge in a minute. But I think that's been a reason that Sam and I have really been like, I can't justify the price of concierge because beyond the shore side kind of amenities, which, again, we'll discuss it in a second, like we're not in the room enough for like the upgraded, you know, fixtures and finishes and and all that stuff to matter. We we actually probably wouldn't use the concierge lounge all that much because we better we'd rather be 
by the pool deck or in the Cove Cafe. And so, and so, and so we sort of look at it and go like, oh, what am I paying for at that point? I feel like I'm being isolated away from the ship. Well, okay. So we've talked about, we've talked about costs and inside versus a view a little bit. Sarah, how do you think about, you said you were getting ready to try an ocean view stateroom. We have our own thoughts and feelings around ocean view versus veranda. What considerations go into you wanting to have a space that you can access privately to the outside as opposed to just a view outside? So this is going to sound terrible, but I am just, I have enjoyed sitting on verandas when I can, but I don't know, for a Caribbean sailing or a Bahamian sailing, there's just not that much interesting to see. (laughs) No, it's true. I have loved my veranda for, you know, the veranda for Alaska on, we did a veranda for Panama Canal, things like, like when there is something to watch and see is amazing. But for those less exciting sailings, if I can look out and see it, that's, that's enough. If I want to go outside, I'll go grab a lounger on four or go up to the pool deck. But I know people, my parents even, coffee on the veranda is their thing, you know, and so they, they always get a veranda. And sometimes they'll have us over for happy hour and we'll have a glass of wine in the evening. I, I, it is just not, it, it is not a requirement for my cruise to be able to sit on my veranda and have a cup of coffee. <laughs> I think your point is a good one, though, about the veranda, because I do know people who really enjoy having that morning coffee out on the veranda or eating their breakfast or even having a cocktail late in the afternoon or or get or grabbing some like appetizer stuff from Cove Cafe and bringing it back to the room and sitting out on their veranda. So I do think that there is value in that veranda. But I think we personally come back to it in probably the same way you do in that if we're on like a unique itinerary where there's going to be something interesting to see out of our veranda, you know, sitting out there, then we would want a veranda. But if it's just a Bahamian or Caribbean cruise, I think we lean towards just the ocean view. You save a little bit of money on that veranda, uh, not having that veranda, and you still get the view which we like. So just our, our cruising backwards, our first cruise, we'd sailed in a veranda room and it was just two of us. So I want to say I think like we did a family one. Too. I think we did too. Yeah. I think we had a family deluxe veranda room and it was just the two of us, but we had an 11 night cruise. I think it was booked. Um, it was before the 11 night, but regardless, we had another Caribbean cruise booked in the heart of the summer. And a friend of ours uh, who sailed Disney a bunch we were talking to him about the stateroom we had that we'd gotten a veranda and we couldn't wait. And he just sort of chuckled and said, you people from Seattle are going to melt. You're never going to be out on that veranda. Just get an ocean view if you want a window. And so we did. And that has become our favorite stateroom category because we do like the view outside. We do like being able to see Castaway Key. And so these ocean view rooms have become kind of a favorite of ours. I will say the other thing that we didn't talk about up front is the distribution of the various kinds of rooms on the ship. So inside cabins and ocean view cabins make up a very small percentage of the overall rooms available on a Disney Cruise Line sailing. Um, I should say ocean view cabins with sort of the large portholes on the higher decks. So if you look at the side of the ship, you're going to see just a mural of veranda rooms and then you know, underneath these small well, these well on the sides of those you're going to see two to three deep on either side maybe four or five deep on either side portholes single portholes those are the single porthole rooms and then down below that <laughs> where the verandas stop you're going to start to see double portholes side by right. side lots of small portholes those are the ocean view a different category of ocean view stateroom down on decks like one and two ocean view double porthole bottom of the ship there's a lot of those 
ocean view, large porthole on the higher decks of the ship, very few. And inside staterooms, actually very few. You'd be surprised at how few. A lot on the lower decks, but not. It's, yeah. it's the cruise lines are constantly trying to find ways to get extra veranda rooms into the ship. You'll see that in the design of some of the Royal Caribbean ships that have the large promenades down the middle. What they've done is made these seven or eight deck promenades and put inside facing veranda rooms on those promenades. So kind of like the contemporary hotel. Exactly, exactly. And so you get a balcony, but you're facing the interior of the ship, not the not the ocean. So we love the ocean view, but we have to book them pretty early because they go fairly quickly. So our choice is usually ocean view. We have not stay, stayed inside. Sam's been interested. I really want to stay inside in a magic well, porthole. That's, room. that's what I want to ask Sarah. Yeah. Sarah, have you stayed in one of the inside category staterooms that has the magic porthole? Yes, I've stayed in both. I've stayed in insides on both both classes of ship. So and what did you think of the for our listeners? The magic porthole was something that Disney innovated where there's like it looks like a porthole in an inside stateroom. But what it has is like a high def video screen. And uh, it, I think, projects right, Sarah, an image from outside of the ship and then occasionally like characters float across. Yeah, they're it, they're really smartly designed too. So on the new ships, on the dream class ships, you know, the verandas are parallel to the sides of the ship. So the doors, oh, the the corridor runs parallel to the side of the ship. The inside staterooms run perpendicular to the side of the ship. So like the axis of the room is along the axis of the ship. Um, and so depending on which way your door opens, so does your door open towards the aft or does your door open towards the front determines which video feed you get from the ship. Because like if you're at, if you're moving forward, but the porthole on the wall is facing aft, they, they don't want to like give you vertigo by having your camera facing the wrong way. <laughs> oh, so interesting. Fascinating. You know, when you're in port, I mean, it's good enough that you can see storm clouds rolling in, you know? Oh, wow. Like, now at night, at night it changes to just like a, a computer generated starry sky. They don't, they don't show you the actual stars. <laughs> What, do you have the ability to turn it off? Yeah, it's just a it's a switch by the bed, just like the the lamps. Are the magic portholes on both the classic and the dream class ships? My memory is that one of them doesn't have it. No, just the dream class. Yeah. Okay. How did you find the inside category staterooms in terms of space for your family? So the what here's an interesting thing. There is so much more storage in the classic inside staterooms than on the dream class. So there there are way more cupboards in the classic uh, inside staterooms. It's a full double closet, whereas in the new ships, it's a closet and a half, things like that. So inside staterooms on the classic ship are super easy. We fit in there with no trouble at all. Um, we did an inside for our Star Wars cruise. And of course that meant extra costumes because there was a pirate night <laughs> and a Star Wars night and, you know, and she had her princess dress, you know, all of, of course, that. You know, this is, this is a typical Disney cruise, right? You exactly. have to have like four costumes at least. <laughs> exactly. But the classics, the classics have plenty of space. So Sarah, before we head into sort of deluxe versus family, I'd love to get your thoughts. It sounds like you have stayed in at least one stateroom with what I'll call weird verandas. And there's lots of different ways to define that. There's white wall veranda, navigator veranda, and then like rooms that have like extra large verandas. What kind of rooms have you stayed in with those? And what was that like? 
So we've stayed in a, f- a few different types of navigator verandas, the 7A. We On the classic ship, there are two, two types of navigator veranda you can get. There are four rooms on each classic ship that are sometimes called hidden verandas. So they're classified as navigator veranda because there is a tiny corner that is blocked by part of the structure of the ship. And so they don't charge you full price for the verandas, but it's just like the tiny upper corner of the veranda is blocked. So everything else about it is exactly like a regular veranda, regular size, plexiglass wall, the whole, the whole deal, except it has this little bit of metal in the corner. So there are four of those rooms on each classic ship. Those sound like Um, a pretty good deal then. Those are a great deal. (laughs) Um, We got one of those for, we got those in Alaska and the Med. And that was, that was awesome. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have also stayed in the traditional navigator veranda on the classic ships, which is the, the, it is like a totally steel wall with just a circle cut out of it. So it is like an open porthole. And instead of having two chairs and a little table, it's got one chair and then a padded bench that you can sit on. I got to say, I wish we would have had that type of veranda for Alaska because it just, we ended up having it for a Caribbean sailing and it did a lot to really protect us from the elements. So Brian, are you taking notes on this? <laughs> well, something Sarah said is really important here, which is these are really hard to get. Well, Sarah, you mentioned something earlier that maybe we can talk about now for a minute, which is we've talked about these ocean view staterooms, but there's these like special ocean view staterooms that have a one bedroom junior suite kind of layout. Is that, is that the category you're talking about? Yeah. So those are on the dream class ship. There's their category eight a, and the ones on deck five have a have a mini suite layout. So that would be there are six of them. One side has a couch and the closet, the desk and a TV. And then the other side has the bed and another TV. Again, as my daughter gets older, we don't always agree what we want to watch at any given moment. Um, <laughs> you don't want to watch Halloween Town like a hundred times? <laughs> no. <laughs> The 8A cabins on deck six have a huge open space. They don't have the wall going down the middle. You know, rumor has it they were originally slated to be handicapped accessible, but they didn't quite meet the criteria. We've seen those room. We've seen that room actually because uh, one of our one of our friends likes to stay in that in that particular room. I think I'm not sure if it's on that deck, but. I yeah. don't know, but it's, it is, it's cavernous. It's very it's big. huge. Yeah. 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 They didn't add any furniture into the open space, so it feels pretty <laughs> big. Yeah. But I would imagine if you had a pack and play or something, that room might be awesome. In the eight A's you were talking about, Sarah, that have the more sweet style layout, like what's the sleeping arrangement? Is it a pull out bed? Is it a, is it a pull from the ceiling? Is it a, yeah. What, what's the sleeping arrangement? And do they have a curtain? It's a, it's a sleeps three. So it's a queen bed on one side and the fold down couch bed on the other side. There is not a curtain in the middle. Okay. Well, the, and then deluxe versus family deluxe, Sarah, have you, do, have you noticed much of a difference there? I'll say personally, like there's a little more space, but I'm not sure it's like a huge amount. I don't know what you've noticed. Yeah. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a huge amount of space difference. I mean, and realistically, if you're sleeping that many people, that extra space, you can't do much with it. Cause you have to leave it available to pull down that Murphy bed every night. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's true. That's yeah. true. I think for three or even four people, I think you're fine uh, with the, you know, the, just the regular one. Uh, not all of the rooms have the bunk bed or the uh, or that Murphy bed, hidden yeah. Murphy bed. And so you got to figure out, make sure you've got the right bed for the right uh, size kid or teenager. Because I do think the what's it called? The bunk bed. I tried to sleep on that one night because our son (laughs) didn't want to or something. I can't remember what it was like, what was going on that night. It was awful. Like it was, I couldn't sleep on it. And if we're being totally honest, I have fallen asleep on that couch bed when I have tried, when I've been trying to manage bedtime. Sarah, let's talk about concierge for a second, because you've sailed now in concierge a couple of times from what I heard, including a one bedroom, which has always been of interest to me, but I can never just quite justify the cost. Although with some 125% cruise credits building up behind me, we might we might find a way. (laughs) Concierge comes with some benefits. And I want to start with what I think is the biggest benefit of concierge, which is the shore side benefits before you even sail. Do you want to talk about those a little bit, uh, Sarah? Yeah. Yeah. The shoreside benefits are awesome. About 130 days out. So before even Platinum can start booking activities and excursions, things like that, you either concierge will contact you or you can contact concierge. And that's sort of when your contact window opens. And at that point, you can start emailing them and asking questions and and really getting your ducks in a row. So that at midnight on day 125, they book it for you on day 125. We sent it to them on day 130. On day 125, when they open up to Platinum, the speculation or maybe the known outcome is all the concierge requests get fulfilled and then it opens to Platinum. So you're not competing with anyone for this stuff. You're pretty much going to get what you want. This is the this is the holy grail of Disney Cruise Line because it means you can book a cabana. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. I mean, it's, that is correct. It's not guaranteed, but it is it is the closest thing you've got. to. It's guarantee. not guaranteed because if everyone in concierge wants the cabana, then they're going to run out pretty quickly. But if everyone in concierge wants one or the other thing is there's not a limit to how many cabanas you can book. And I think I suspect that loophole will close at some point. But there are definitely cases of people booking, you know, I mean, if you have a big group, what, you know, get one concierge cabin and then have that person reserve three cabanas. Oh, that's yeah. That's not right. That seems that seems unfair. <laughs> Sam calls shenanigans. I'm calling. I'm totally calling shenanigans. So what 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 made you opt for concierge, Sarah? Like, what was the things that you thought? Like, I want to give this a try. It's worth the cost for for me. Well, so so that first cruise that we took celebrating my parents' anniversary that was that was a concierge cruise, and obviously, I mean, and, and a couple factors went into that. Number one, I mean, it was a celebration, right? So let's splurge <laughs> and, a little and, more. And, yeah, splurge a little more. And we thought this was a one-time trip. (laughs) (laughs) Little did you know you'd get hooked. (laughs) Right. We're going to go on one cruise. (laughs) Let's make it great. Right. (laughs) So it was, so, so number one, it was a celebration. Number two, you know, we had three staterooms in our traveling party. So we wanted to know that coordinating everything was going to go well, right? So we can be sure that we're, I mean, and not knowing Disney well, right? We wanted to be sure we would all be seated together and that we could get the dining time that we wanted. And because we booked, it wasn't late that we booked, but it wasn't opening day, right? I mean, the bookings had been, we booked eight or nine months before we traveled. 
So, and so, you know, the cruise we booked was showing as main dining being sold out. So we wanted to be sure we got main dining. We wanted, you know, we started researching the benefits and, you know, the nightly happy hour seemed like a bonus and, and all of these things. And so it just seemed, it seemed to make it really easy to ensure that with three cabins all together, everything was going to go smooth. What were some of the amenities on board for concierge cabins that you experienced? I guess it, it really starts in the port. So it starts in the port where you don't have to wait in any lines. You just go straight back to the concierge check-in area and they're waiting for you to check you in. So so it starts there. Now, we arrived after they had started boarding groups. So we were not first on the ship, but once we got all of our pictures taken and our key to the world cards, a concierge staff member from the port walked us through the door, walked us past the line of all the people waiting for their boarding pictures, put us right in. We got our boarding pictures taken, walked us right to the ship, and we were met in the atrium after they announced us. We were met in the atrium by one of the concierge staff to take us right up to the concierge lounge. Oh, wow. So you get to, you don't even have to, you don't have to wait in the line. You don't have to find your own way. You're, you're really treated like royalty from the start. Yep. Yep. And you know, they have the magic card that they swipe and the elevator comes right to you. Like it doesn't stop anywhere else. It's an express elevator right for you. Well, and I've heard the experiences, they take you to the lounge and someone greets you and they're like, here's, here's everything you have planned for your cruise. Anything well, first they need. give you a cocktail. Uh, <laughs> <then they> <laughs> that, that's that's an important start. fact. <laughs> that, that alone might be worth the price of admission. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So yeah, so they get you they get you settled with a cocktail and some snacks and things like that and then they go over your entire itinerary and make sure there's nothing else you want, right? So there are kids club staff members there, nursery staff members. So if, you know, if your kid needs a, a band or if you need to book more nursery time, they're right there. And there's a staff member from the spa there who can book any of your appointments that you need. You know, they can book your adult dining on their, you know, just from their tablets and take care of that for you. All of those things just while you're sitting there. I've also heard that concierge lounge is quite nice. Oh. You know, what are the amenities in the lounge? So as long as the lounge is open and it opens, I think it's open from like 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. or so. There is always a small food buffet with finger sandwiches. So during the daytime, it's finger sandwiches and cookies and salads, things like that. In the morning, it's they have that muesli cereal, bagels, lox, cheeses, all kinds of stuff like that. Well, and so I want to talk about your one bedroom stateroom. But before we go there, like what differences did you notice in the stateroom that you stayed in on that first sailing is between some of the sailings you've done. Is it is it the same stateroom just with a little bit nicer look or did you really notice a big difference? No, that's it. It's the exact same stateroom, just a little bit nice, a little bit nicer look to it. The products, the bathroom products were Elemis instead of H2O. So the spa, the spa products for those who are listening exactly. who don't know. Yeah. And then the other thing is the couch bed. The couch bed in the veranda staterooms on the Dream Class ship pulls out into a double bed instead of folding down into a twin. 
Yeah, that one that um, that actually reminds me. It's a good point about the beds on Disney Cruise Line, just for folks listening. Which is in most cruise lines, you tell them in advance if you want your main bed to be split into a twin or put together as a queen. Disney doesn't give you that option, so you, it's it's always a queen bed. So for anyone out there listening who's curious about that, it's always a queen bed. What about the one bedroom? Because that that is there is no equivalent in the standard side of things or the the non concierge side of, side of things. So anything extra special there that you really liked? Oh, that one bedroom was sure a nice trip. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that was really nice. (laughs) You know, you walk in, you walk in, you walk down a hallway. And as you come in off the hallway is one of the small full baths. So the hall bathroom has a stand up shower, a toilet and a sink. And then as you continue in, there's a little office area and the office area has a fold down Murphy bed and it has curtains all around it. So you can totally just like the stateroom, the regular staterooms, you can totally close it off with curtains so that it's dark in there like its own small room. And the Murphy bed's really cool because when it folds down, it actually exposes some shelves So like kids can put, you can put your kids pajamas there, or you can put books that, you know, your kids books there, things like that. It's great. And then you walk, so you keep walking and you get to the living room where there is the TV and the bed is a pullout couch, a queen bed. And then connected to the living room is the dining room with a round table and sort of, if you're going kind of in a U shape, then there's the bedroom bedroom, which has doors on it. And that's a queen bed with another TV in the bedroom that is attached to the main bathroom, which has a jetted whirlpool tub, double vanity, stand-up shower, a separate room for the toilet, the whole deal, and a TV in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so so I have a picture of my daughter ha- t- taking a bubble bath in the jetted tub while watching Frozen on the TV in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> but any amenities that we've missed or anything that made the concierge side of things really sort of extra special for, for you? So we really did love the lounge. Um, and I think... And that's sort of getting to a little bit getting to why we actually don't sail concierge as much anymore is because, man, that that lounge, we never we never left the lounge practically. I mean, the the concierges were there. They were lovely. They had cartoons and crayons. I mean, like my daughter spent huge amounts of time there coloring and hanging out and eating snacks. They always produced special snacks for her. Um, <laughs> so That's, that sounds like Disney cast members. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, and then, you know, going up to the sun deck, you could always get a place to sit. It was those nice sort of more like the chairs in the adult area, you know, with the padded seats and, you know, they provide, they provide sunscreen, they provide the Evian cooling spray, you know, it's just, it's, it is whatever you need. It is right there waiting for you. I think what you're saying, Sarah, is one of the reasons you don't sail concierge as often any longer is because... You wanted to experience the rest of the ship, not just the concierge lounge. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, no, there's no one. <laughs> there are no gates up saying you can't leave <laughs> concierge. <laughs> but steerage but this such, direction. <laughs> but it's enticing. <laughs> yeah. But it is so nice. It's really hard to like motivate to leave. <laughs> right. To leave the bubble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It is interesting. There's so many great amenities to it, but the part of 
I just wonder, like, cause like I'll go, I'll, I'll say like, oh, I'm going to head down and check out our photos and I will. And on my way there, I'll pop into three or four different places just because something catches my attention. And so to have that one place to go means I might not see those like. Yeah, you actually might not. You might not randomly meet Goofy in the hallway running up and down exactly. the stairs. Although, although they bring the characters to the lounge, right? So. <laughs> they do. Once on every sailing, they bring they bring the characters to the lounge. <laughs> well, which which kind of leads me to my last. Well, well. My second to last question. My second to last question for you, Sarah, is you did the thing that most people say is impossible, which is you experience concierge and you went backwards, I would say. But it's been it's been my biggest fear is that we will spring for concierge and then we'll be like, OK, how do I how do I cobble together money? What car can I sell to make sure that the next time we're also sailing like we can't possibly do this without it being concierge any longer? You know, but but you you went the opposite direction. Was that jarring? Did you like what? Like what were the what were the factors that you've said, you know, I'm it sounds like one of them is experiencing the whole ship. But are there other factors that go into saying I'm good with these other rooms are totally fine. They meet our needs and concierge is nice, but it's not necessary. Like, how do you think about that? Well, I think I think some of it is one. We were very strategic about how we did it. So like we had done those first two cruises on the dream in concierge. And so we were very careful that our first non concierge cruise was actually on the fantasy. But we made sure we booked it on a ship that we knew we were going to like. So we were, you know, we weren't sure, you know, I mean, we knew we liked the dream class ships, but if we went on our first non-concierge cruise on a different class of ship, we worried that we wouldn't be able to like figure out, you know, is it, do we not, you know, is this cruise not as fun because of concierge or is this cruise not as fun because of the class, you know, things like that. So we were really thoughtful. You wanted to compare apples to apples, kind of. This is my science brain coming out. I'm like one (laughs) variable at a time. Right, right. Exactly. You can compare green apples to red apples. Don't compare red apples to oranges. Exactly. Right. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So, so that was the first thing. And the other thing is definitely a little bit of a personality thing. I love researching our trips a lot. You know, the shoreside planning and help and support is nothing to sneeze at, right? They are amazing at their job. And I did most of it. I mean, I enjoyed doing a lot of it on my own. I like thinking about, okay, what excursions do I want? You know, when I (laughs) logging on at midnight is a little bit of a game to me, right? Like, okay, what order am I going to book things in based on my priorities? Right. You (laughs) You have to be strategic. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, so I think it's a little bit of a personality thing too. I I don't mind doing that legwork. In fact, I enjoy doing that legwork. So, so I think that was the other part of it. And then the final part of it was again, when, you know, my, my dad who travels with us, he actually, he left the lounge for a while one day and he's like, I was walking around the ship and there's all this stuff going on and it seems a lot of fun. And, and none of those people are concierge. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I mean, and so that was sort of, I don't know, we, we just got, I think we got a little curious, like, well, let's try it. So I think we did. I think that's a really interesting point. I wonder if on your first cruise, because your first cruise was in concierge and it was a four night on the dream, right? So, you know, I'm sure you had a wonderful time, but I wonder if there's a lot of stuff you actually in hindsight, maybe look back on and say, you know, we actually didn't do a lot of the stuff on the ship on that first cruise because we didn't even know it existed. I I completely think that is true. I mean, I think the combination of my daughter, you know, she was three, I think. So the combination of keeping her schedule, right, heading back to the room, taking naps, things like that, 
was part of it. And then, I, I mean, we didn't play a single trivia. We did one drink tasting. Oh, we did a champagne tasting. You know, I mean, like, but other than that, we didn't go to the adult area at all. We didn't get a single coffee in Cove Cafe. You see, this list is long of things we didn't do. And these are things that we love to do now. Well, so let me ask my last question for you, Sarah, on this topic before we head into our rapid fire round, which is just kind of in the same vein. Not only did you sail concierge and then go to kind of normal categories of staterooms, you actually expressed at least uh, we were emailing back and forth ahead of the show that like you're a person who actually prefers the inside staterooms. So not only are we going from concierge to sort of the non-concierge side, we're going to those inside stateroom categories, which I know there are people who love them. Um, we haven't tried them, so I can't even, I'm not even going to begin to to sort of say whether we would like them or not. But I think there's a lot of people who are immediately like, what? Inside staterooms? You know, so, so <laughs> what, what, what is it about those inside category staterooms that you like, Sarah? It is, it is such a break from the crowd. You know, I like hustle and bustle. I mean, you know, Christmas shopping is fun. I like feeling the energy and everything else. But I am, I am, 100% an ambivert. I, I need, <laughs> I, I love, love that. The, <laughs> I love the excitement and the hustle and the bustle. And by golly, I need a place that I can just take a break. <laughs> and, and those inside staterooms are quiet. I mean, so, so quiet. And when it's time to turn in, you know, the, the cave like feel, I mean, like they are just, they're sort of quiet and comforting. And, and at the end of the day, when I head back there and they, they smell that, like that Disney cruise smell <laughs> and, and, you know, you're, you feel the ship move and you're on that like wonderful soft bed. <laughs> it is just, it is just such it allows me to like really recharge so that the next day we can have you know, with my 100% extrovert daughter, we can have another big, fun, awesome day that then I can, you know, I know that I always have that space to recharge. And and I just, I love it. And like I said, on the classics, especially, I find the room spacious with tons of storage and, and just, just really, really comfortable. So... Well, I love that tip. That's, I mean, that's, that sounds amazing. I, I'm, I'm like your daughter. I'm probably a hundred percent extrovert, <laughs> but, but Brian, I like your, I like, I had never heard the term ambivert, but I actually love it. Cause I, I think that that describes Brian really well. He can play an extrovert or an introvert and he's, he sort of needs both in his life in order to have that balance. With that, Let's shift over to Sam's favorite part of the show, which is our rapid fire round where we get to ask you, our guests, about some of your Disney favorites. And we will keep this one Disney Cruise Line focused. Uh, (laughs) So with that, I'm going to throw it to Sam for rapid fire. Okay, Sarah. So the only rule of rapid fire is there are no rules. Okay, so Sarah, what is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Um, I think it's Tiana. Oh, I love Tiana. Okay, what is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Parent Trap. Oh, oh. that's a unique one. Now, original Parent Trap or the or the redo? They're both really good. Original. Oh, yeah. Got to go with Haley Mills over Lindsay Lohan. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite Disney song? I'll Make a Man Out of You from Mulan. Oh, that's a good one, too. All right. Favorite DCL ship? Wonder. Oh, you go in with classic. Yeah, absolutely. Favorite rotational dining restaurant. So this can be on any of the ships. You don't have to pick something on the Wonder. 
I think it is, I, you know, I think it is the, the middle restaurant, right? So like whichever iteration, Royal Table, Lumiere's, Triton's, they're all, I mean, they're all really the same restaurant. I really like that one. Oh, nice. Yeah. Favorite adult dining? Mm, Palo Brunch. Oh, yes. Have you done all of the different adult dining meals? So we have only we have done both Palo and Remy brunch. We have not done dinners anywhere just because we've always made dinner. We prioritize dinner as family time, you yeah. know, I hear um, that. and and Remy brunch was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I would and it and it made me curious and very interested in doing Remy dinner. Yeah. Okay, favorite onboard food. So like one, like a, a particular dish or even something at the grill or a favorite snack, whatever. Uh, the shawarma on the pool deck on the classic ships. Favorite DCL itinerary. So favorite itinerary that you've been on. This one's really tough because I think, I think under normal circumstances, I would say the Panama Canal. Mm-hmm. But, but we were on this, you know, we were on the 2020 sailing and it was just so weird, mm. you know? So, so I, I think, I think uh, had it been normal circumstances, I'm sure I would have said that, but, um, otherwise I think I would say Alaska. Okay. Now for the last question of rapid fire bucket list cruise. So this is a cruise you have not done yet. It doesn't even have to really be an itinerary that Disney currently sails, but it's somewhere you want to sail and you want to do it on Disney Cruise Line. So I would love to do a combined Norwegian fjords and British Isles cruise. Mm. That's the, that's a back-to-back that a bunch of people were, so we are scheduled to go on the British Isles cruise in September of 2021. We were supposed to be on it in September of 2020. And and obviously we, we actually postponed it in advance of them canceling it. And right before our cruise is the Norwegian, uh, is the, the Fjords cruise. And right after our cruise is the transatlantic, the westbound oh transatlantic. So there are actually some people on our cruise who are doing three in a row. They're doing the Norway one. I may then- be one of them. You may have to fly home. <laughs> By myself. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, that's like each one of these is, you know, uh, well, there's basically the Norway one, I think is about a week. Uh, the British Isles one is about a week. And then the, the transatlantic is obviously a little longer. So that's like a month on the show. Yeah. That's like a month. Yeah. Yeah. Although my new, my new bucket list cruise itinerary is a world cruise. Like yeah. I just thought <laughs> I would love to But honestly, that. the, I think that that triple back to back would be like an amazing, uh, that would be so amazing. But yeah, I want to do the, the Norway one as well. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. It's been really fun having you on and talking stateroom categories and talking about your experience in concierge versus uh, regular stateroom categories. A lot of really interesting insights and a lot of really detailed and good information for our listeners. Yeah. Thanks so much, Sarah, for coming on. Well, thank you guys. It was a lot of fun. Well, it was a lot of fun catching up with Sarah this evening and talking about stateroom categories. Her journey from concierge to inside stateroom is just really interesting to me because I think a lot of people have this perception that once they sell concierge, they can never go back. And I know that's a gross overgeneralization. And of course you can. And of course people pop in and out of the concierge stateroom category. But I just find it interesting that she didn't see quite the value in it long term for her family that some have. So I'm really looking forward to then following this episode up next week with an avid concierge cruiser who loves the suites and the concierge treatment to hear the other side of the story about why concierge 
concierge is such a great thing aboard Disney Cruise Line. So love having these two perspectives back to back. Can't wait to put that show out for you. And just a lot of fun having Sarah on the show. With that, we don't have any new five-star reviews to read on the air this week, but please head over and leave us those reviews. They're really, really important to us. So please head over. If you've got a second, just leave us a five-star review. Even if you just click five stars, it's helpful to us. Although we love the written reviews, we just want to get more reviews so we can help people find our show and get more listeners. With that, I just want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also leave us those five-star reviews at Apple Podcasts. They are really helpful in surfacing our show to people who might be looking for a podcast like ours. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. Or you can join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on this show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.